Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruin, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, it's it's tangible right now. I, I feel it. I feel football and i feel lsu versus florida state um we watched you know florida versus utah yesterday some some good games nc state uconn so on uh, minnesota uh nebraska so we had some real football yesterday and now we are just two days away from lsu and florida state in orlando how are you feeling uh yes real football's back florida took the l last night Utah with the backup quarterback came out slinging touchdown on play number one. Florida's O-line looked rough. I think that's one good thing you'll see this year with LSU is I don't think they'll have those problems. We'll uh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but a veteran O-line. But, yes, uh, we're here, Matty B. Um, Sunday night, 630, I believe it is. LSU-FSU will be the lone game on TV that night. The whole country will be watching. The world will be watching. And uh, you'll be there. So uh, let's dive into this. Uh, We will do this every Friday. We will have our preview and predictions, some breakdowns. If you caught all Matty B's stuff on the site this week on the Bengal Tiger, he had a ton of film analysis. Uh, People ate that up. It gave everyone a good idea for kind of what these matchups look like. Um, And shout out. This is uh, Matty B, our one-year anniversary of working for the Bengal Tiger, working it on three. So thank you to everyone for the support over the past year. And if you're not a member yet of the Bengal tiger, it's a dollar for the first month or 50% off an annual subscription. Uh, we're running that to kick off football season. So I just want to start things out by saying we appreciate everybody who has supported us been behind us and uh, let's keep growing this thing. Matty B. Yes. Um, oh, I do want to say too, before we get into this game, we did do season predictions on the site. I went 11 and one with a loss to Bama. I went 11 and 1, and my loss was not to Alabama. But we'll, we can go. get to Keep that. Keep them guessing. We can get to that <laughs> later on. Um, yeah, I think uh, we, we have written down opening thoughts to start it off. Uh, I think, from a general perspective, and we'll get deep into the weeds. I've, like you said, I've gotten pretty deep into the weeds, m- mostly because I've been looking forward to this game for the past two months. And I think a lot of LSU fans have. So it's like, all right, we're going to put a lot into this, uh, covering this game. Um, but, you know, general thoughts for me, I feel really good about LSU as a team going into this game. And obviously there are the question marks that we're going to have to have answered throughout um, Sunday night and obviously throughout the season is the defensive backfield, you know, without Mason Smith, how the defensive line looks, uh, even offensively, you have, I think, questions in both the run game and the pass game uh, in terms of how that exactly that's going to look. So generally, there are question marks still. But I think when you look at why LSU is favored, you look at uh, why a lot of people have picked LSU, I think a lot of it is a trust in Brian Kelly. And I think that holds a ton of weight. And I think it should hold a ton of weight. We see what good coaching does um, across the country. We see We saw it last year with LSU. 
We see Matt Rule with Nebraska pushing Minnesota game one. Like, it's just – it's a different feeling when you have this level of head coach and coaching in general on your team. So I, I think with that paired with Jaden Daniels' return and uh, the clear top-end talent with this LSU team and program, um, it makes sense to me why LSU is favored, and it makes sense why, like I, like we both have LSU going 11-1 this year. I think that's very uh, much in the realm of realm of possibility. Yeah, and let's not kid ourselves. Mike Norvell's a very good coach. This is year three, I believe, for FSU, so it's kind of their time to come through, compete for, and not just an ACC championship, but trying to get into the playoffs and a national championship. And uh, Jared Verse, a lot of guys came back on both these teams with the mission of they want to be able to compete for a national championship and win one. I, uh, boy, the only top 10 matchup of the weekend will be a good one. These are two very good teams. Um, we do, before we roll into this, uh, injury report, Brian Kelly will give one every single week, including a final one on game day. Uh, but this week's was pretty straightforward the whole time. Armani Goodwin is now ruled out. He was doubtful to start the week. That's not a surprise. Kimo Macaniole, who's a backup offensive lineman, uh, still listed as probable, uh, and Josh Williams still listed as probable. Uh, I'll take it probable to mean they will probably play. We'll see what Brian yes. Kelly says uh, as we get closer to Sunday and game day, but that's where things now uh, stand right now. Uh, Mason Smith out, suspension. John Emery out, two games. He'll be back for the Mississippi State game. And Brian Kelly did not put on his injury report. Guys like J.K. Johnson, um, a cornerback who came in from Ohio State, had a leg injury. Um, Ibiet has been out. So I'm guessing that guys who are going to miss an extended period of time are not on his weekly injury update. Uh, that's my takeaway. Yeah. And maybe he doesn't want to comment on, you know, indefinite injuries or, you know, long. I think he, he covered JK Johnson before, I believe. Um, yeah. He's, he's mentioned it before, but like Landon Ibietta, a uh, question mark. We have Matthew Langlois, Matthew Langlois. Kylan Jackson, potentially, I don't know hundred percent. I think he's, I start started seeing him practice more, but, um, and we haven't been at practice, but those are some names that we, we didn't see in fall camp as much that we were uh, wondering about. So yeah, those names he won't include. So if you add it all up, you know, it's what six, seven players potentially of your 85 and uh, no starters besides Mason Smith, obviously, but that's not injury related. So um, Mason Smith and John Emery are the two names that you look at and we've covered I mean, I covered Mason Smith, um, you know, where they go after Mason Smith's suspension. And we've covered it. Jacoby and Guillory will step in as the starter, most likely. You'll see a lot of Jordan Jefferson. You'll see a lot of Jalen Lee. Uh, I think Fitzgerald West could work his way in there as well. But that's kind of the main the main unit. Parishan out at defensive end. I think they like him there because of his run-stopping ability. And, yeah, then John Emery, I don't think it's a big loss um, you know, if Mason Smith doesn't move the line, then John Emery will, will not move the line. But uh, Josh Williams, Logan Diggs, Noah Kane, I expect those three to get, I think I said like something like 90 to 95% of the carries. I just think that, that they're going to be the, the bell cows. I, um, I think it'll be John Emery's a type that can break a few plays a game. And we saw it a year ago yeah. where that becomes a big difference in the game, difference in momentum, whatever it might be. But now that they've got guys like Logan Diggs on roster, uh, I feel a little bit better about it. They've now added more veterans than they had a year ago when they weren't with uh, when they were without Emory at times. 
I'll also now point out this is three seasons in a row that John Emery will not play in the opener. The second season in a row that Mason Smith obviously will be not the opener. He was there for one drive last year before he got hurt. So I do still think that revenge factor on LSU's side is something I've heard a lot about. Not They haven't talked about it publicly, but I know in the locker room, these players still have that taste in their mouth of how a year ago ended. Uh, And I do think that that's something that will be on their minds uh, in this one was that they felt like they let one slip away, especially considering how well they played later in the year compared to uh, in that opener. But Matty B, you, um, we'll talk a little bit more about all of your film analysis you did here in a minute, but I did want to start off with this. And instead of going to every single position battle and all of that, let's just pick our top one. What is, when you're talking a key to a win, what position battles do you say if LSU can win this one, they have a good shot? Yeah, there's, um, man, I, I feel like I'm so deep into this game. It's like, I've looked at all of this. Um, if, if we do start with just one position battle that I'm and by position battle, you know, LSU versus Florida state, um, how that's going to play out that decides the game. I, I'm going to go back to LSU's defensive line versus Florida state's offensive line. I, I looked up, you know, some Florida state offensive line stuff, watched some tape. Um, obviously Mason Smith not being there changes the dynamic. You just, you're not going to be as explosive as you would be. If Mason Smith was in the game, you're not going to have those double teams, that you, you want uh, went from Mason Smith opening up guys like Mikai Wingo and Savion Jones and potentially Ovia Gofu. But at the end of the day, this is still a really good defensive line. Um, Brian Kelly has talked up Savion Jones. I think Savion Jones is going to be quite good. He was good last year, but now in a starting role. Mikai Wingo's all SEC. I think uh, Jacoby and Guillory, this is the time for him to step up. Like the past three years for Jacoby and Guillory have been building towards this moment. And when they need him to be really good. And then obviously you go to the Jack linebacker position and which I consider defensive line, uh, Ovia Gofu, Braden Swenson showed flashes. You know, obviously they have potential. I think that the, that spot in particular is probably an X factor for me going into this one is, is if the Jack linebacker spot can create some havoc. Um, we already know about Harold Perkins, but I think that spot in particular. So it's a good offensive line for Florida state. It's not great. Um, I don't. I think they do have potential to be beat in some spots, especially adding some transfers. So um, that's the position um, battle that I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, and I did see that Florida State start wise has the most experienced offensive line in the country the now. Old. Yeah. Even talking to people on the FSU side, though, it's some transfer pieces. It's guys who they want to see take that next step. So yeah. in terms of cohesiveness, I'll flip it to my end. I'll go the same way, but it's really just for me, I'm going to say the run game for Mm -hmm. LSU and establishing it and having success with it beyond Jaden Daniels. And I don't mean that to say I don't want to see Jaden run the ball or that they don't need to have some design runs or any of that. I think that's a very powerful tool uh, when you've got the number one dual threat quarterback in America on your roster. We saw John Reese Plumley already in week one, who was the only guy who kept pace with Jaden Daniels a year ago in terms of running and throwing the football. He was running it all over the place um, last night. So I do still like to see Jaden run, but I want to see the LSU running backs get something going. And last year, Josh Williams had a yard in this game. Noah Kane had 20 yards in this game. Armani Goodwin won't be able to play, but now you've got Noah Kane in there had 12 yards or eight yards or something like that. It was uh, not what you expect 
from LSU. Now that was not just on the running backs because we saw it, Matty B. It played out across the first month of the season. They played musical chairs on the O-line. They were trying to work in two true freshmen uh, as starters at tackle. They were working with Charles Turner at center after kind of jumping around to some other guys through camp in that first couple of weeks of the season. And it just didn't ever come together for the run game. They are in so much better shape. As Brian Kelly said, I asked him this on Monday and he said, we went through all of fall camp this year with the same five on the starting offensive line. And yes, they moved Zalance Hurt in there a little bit and try to just see things at the end, how he might look. But you've got five guys who have all started games now, have all played together. And there's a cohesiveness that I think then opens things up in the run game for them. I'd like to see some sweeps. I'd like to see Aaron Anderson get involved in things uh, as a wide receiver, uh, which is kind of an extension of the run game, even if you're yeah. throwing some wide receiver screens or whatever it might be. I also like to see Mason Taylor involved, but I will stick with my thought of I want to see them run the football. And if they can run the football and establish the run, keeps the defense off the field, gets your drives extended a little bit longer, uh, and I think brings them some balance, then Jaden can open it up with his arm. So that's my big thing. Yeah, I, I think that's really good because I've spent a lot of time, everybody spent a lot of time talking about Jaden Daniels' passing ability. Ultimately, Florida State, and I watched Florida State's game against uh, Clemson and Florida when I was watching the the linebackers, which we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. But, like, I watched those games, and obviously Florida, Anthony Richardson, you know, was was a fine passer. Like, he had hit some explosive plays last last year against Florida State, but he wasn't, you know, marching down the field hitting, you know, five yards, ten-yard passes, uh, high completions. And then you go to Clemson, DJ Uyunglele was very inconsistent last year. And what did those two teams do? They kind of just ran all over Florida State. So, um, Florida State ended the year 40th against the run on EPA. It's it was a you know it was a good defense overall, but against the run it was definitely their their weakest spot. Um, now they add Braden Fisk, transfer defensive tackle from Western Michigan, same linebackers, and you know I just published a story this morning on their limitations. So I think that's a really good one that people aren't talking about is hey if LSU can run the ball that changes things quite a bit. So. What do we have next? I'm with you on that. Okay, so this is a transition to, okay, run the ball. One of the people run the ball, but we've also talked his arm and everything like that and taking steps forward. And I thought that Brian Kelly had, and Mike Denbrock have both repeated this a number of times that explosive plays can mean more than just throwing it downfield. It's getting your playmakers in space. It's um, you know, the Aaron Anderson's the world, get the bottom of the leak, all these things to where they have some space. But I did like that Brian Kelly came this week and said, we do want Malik Jaden to throw it downfield and let Malik go, or someone go make a play. Um, you know, if Mason Taylor, the tight end spot as a one-on-one matchup, hit him on the back shoulder throw, you know, whatever it might be, be a little bit more aggressive. That's the missing element maybe to making Jaden that total package at quarterback. And it's it's nitpicking in a way because you want to see him round out his game. He is carrying the second best Heisman odds in the country right now behind Caleb Williams. Like we know Jaden's good. How does he take that to great, you know, and, and reach that next level? And I think he's talked about that, Matty B. Of I came back not just to win a championship, but develop my game even more before I test out NFL waters. So when it just comes to week one, this game, what do we want to see from Jaden Daniels? Because I don't want people to enter this game and think, Everything that I hoped he becomes, I need to see out of the gates because you still got to stick to the game plan and whatever that might be. So yeah. your expectations here in week one of Jaden. 
Yeah, I don't think we see Jaden come out and come out firing 40-yard bombs. I just I don't think that's super realistic. I do think they will have some shot plays drawn up depending on the defense. This kind of goes back to what you said. If they can establish the run, it opens up things. I mean, how many – basically every explosive team across the country kind of sets up their pass with their run. Obviously, if you're a pass-heavy team, you're going to take a lot more shorter stuff. But anyways, it's – I expect Jaden Daniels to be efficient – I don't think he throws an interception this game still. I don't think we see him force the issue to that degree, unless if it's obviously late in the game where he's you know forced to, to throw an interception. Um, but ultimately, I think we see a lot more Malik neighbors, kind of what we saw last year from Malik. And whether that's a good thing or not, I think we see him maybe with seven catches for 90 yards. So what is that, about 12 yards of reception, 13 yards of reception. So um I'm not sure how explosive Daniel's going to be. I can see Florida State maybe backing up a bit, but I've I've waned a bit on Florida State's secondary um, as we've continued as I've continued to like just watch them in a bit. I, I think I think LSU's receivers have a good shot to create some separation um, in the intermediate and in the short. Um, I'm not sure exactly how the deep ball is going to go because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen Jay Daniels been you know forced to throw the ball deep yet so i'm not expecting like you said a wholesale changes and i don't think they need wholesale changes to beat florida state i think they just need him to be really good and i think he was good last year for a lot of the time i will go stat wise i'd like to see him get a year ago in this game he was 25 of 34 for 209 yards he had a couple of touchdowns no picks Uh, But he ran the ball for over 100 yards uh, in that game. Didn't score, but certainly got a lot done with his legs. By far, LSU's most productive rusher in the game, and it wasn't close. I'll go a little bit over that. I think he gets to around the 250-yard passing mark in this game. I think he does throw at least two touchdowns, but I also think he gets in with his legs. Uh, He did so six times a year ago. That was a school record. Um, So at least once every other game, you can expect him to throw and run for a touchdown if he keeps that pace. I would expect that happens in this one. So a good stat line for me, be around 250 yards, don't turn it over, throw a few touchdowns, and I don't need him to run for 100 yards. But if he runs for 50, 60, and a touchdown, that's perfect Jaden Daniels. Yeah, it's just such a different such a different game this year, whereas last year just the uncertainty on the offensive line, I really think, you can't be settled as a quarterback if you don't know who's blocking in front of you. And then you don't even, and then we haven't even talked about the receiver difference from last year to this year where like Kayshawn was running routes without his head turned and, you know, he hit him in the side of the head, basically like chemistry wise, comfort wise, this is a different offense. It's a, I mean, it's a different level of player, different level of comfort. So I I just think, I don't know what to expect from Jaden Daniels right now. I really don't, but I think he's going to be really good, but does he only run? seven times in the game does he run 12 times I don't know the answer to that because I don't think anybody knows I don't even think LSU completely knows how he's gonna look when he's really settled because I think there's um what was it he's gone through a ton of offensive coordinators in his career uh this is one of the only times he's had he's had the same one back-to-back years something like that like uh this is uncharted territory when it comes to Jane Daniels and how comfortable he is um in the system so I'm excited to see it Yeah, he ran the ball 16 times in this game a year ago. I'd have to go back and watch the game, but half those were going to be running for his life. Their offensive line was 
again. Heck, in the last possession, the last possession, he ran like five, four to five times just to get him down the field, and then he threw the touchdown pass at the end. So, yeah, it's gonna be fun. There's so many, just so many ways this game could go. We do want to give a uh, a shout out to our sponsor of the Preview and Prediction Pod, and it makes sense. Game time, the ticket app, the only ticket app you need. Uh, have you bought your tickets to LSU, FSU? Are you going down to Orlando? Are you down in the Florida area within a drive thinking about going? I've already checked the game time app. Tickets are still available on there. I've seen some come down in price. Game time is the app you need. So go to the app store if you don't have it. Download game time, spelled exactly how you would expect it, G-A-M-E-T-I-M-E, and use the promo code TIGERS, 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem a code TIGERS, T-I-G-E-R-S. You get 20 bucks off that first purchase when you download the Game Time app. Last minute, tick- last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And guys, there is plenty coming up here. 12 weekends, or more than that, of football uh, to come if you're trying to get to games. Use the Game Time app if you're trying to mix it up uh, with a little music in between. Use the Game Time app. I said this last week. I've already bought uh, some tickets for uh, New Orleans uh, to a musical event that will not be on the weekend. 1975. Later on, mm-hmm. I believe it's in October. Use the Game Time app. Got to check out my seat view ahead of time. It did have the lowest price. I went on every single other ticketing website to see uh, event cancellation, job loss protection, all of that. Forget planning months in advance. Like I said, weekend if you still want. LSU, FSU, game time has them all the way up into the event. So you guys check it out, support them. You've heard about them all over the place. Game time ticketing app uh, gets you into everything. Concerts, music, whatever you want to go see. They've got it on there, obviously sports. Uh, We will be riding with them throughout the season. They'll sponsor every one of our preview and prediction pods. So you'll hear us talk plenty about them. But again, uh, gametime.co if you want to just go to the website or Use the Game Time app. That's what I use. It's super, super easy. And then uh, your tickets will be right there for you. So appreciate the uh, folks at Game Time. And again, promo code TIGERS will get you 20 bucks off your first order. Maddie B, moving on to the back half of the pod here. Um, and you did a great job, as always, of breaking down all kind of key maps, but pulling from both teams showing people exactly kind of what you mean when you go through film breakdowns and what you're seeing and expecting i am curious though now that you've had a week two weeks of diving into lsu fsu film for this game what stood out the most like when you put it all like and you put your coaching hat on which what do you look at and say man that's an area right there that that could sway this game yeah i I think the one that I posted about an hour ago is is probably my favorite one because I went on War Chance podcast. I had Aslan on and everything, and there was a lot of like Florida State's main weakness is their linebackers. That is the spot where they feel like they have experience. Both of them are retro uh, seniors, like they have plenty of experience, but they both have clear limitations. They pl- both have some holes in their game. So I went back last night and I was watching Florida State Clemson, watching Florida State Florida. Um, I had already watched Florida State NC State. And it's like focusing in on those two linebackers to see how exactly they struggled and then how LSU can take advantage of them. Um, And I was actually kind of blown away 
by some of the struggles that they had in some specific areas. Uh, y'all can go read the story on the site um, for all the stats, the PFF grades, all that stuff, and the and the video and the film stuff that Shay mentioned. But in general, they both have flaws. Tatum Bethune and uh, Kalen De- uh, Deloach both have flaws that LSU can clearly take advantage of. Deloach is more of a um, sideline to sideline guy, not really a get in your face hit, you know, contact player he graded out at a 59.9 overall grade last year on pff like that's not good um and then you get to tatum bethune who is more of a thumper but can't guard in space and so on and so forth so that's kind of the gist and after seeing that i thought like you said if lsu can get the run game going run at the loach you know potentially he's not going to blow up a play and then in the past game, if you can get Bethune on either a one-on-one or you attack his space in a zone, I mean, I just – I I came away with that saying, all right, LSU has some real potential here if Mike Denbrock's creative to create some mismatches uh, with the linebackers there. So that's – I'm glad I was able to watch that and figure out how LSU can, can attack them because, you know, for, for me and, you know, I'm not a coach and for I think – I like writing these because I can kind of translate them in a way that, you know, the the casual football fan, and I'm not saying in a, in a derogatory way, but, you know, we just watch the games and it's hard to analyze linebackers while you're watching uh, 22 players on the field. So I'm glad I was able to do that and, and analyze that because I think LSU has some real advantages there and I'm, I'm excited to see. It. And that's the biggest difference when looking at these two teams is I love LSU's linebackers, right. obviously. Omar Spades and Harold Perkins, and then you go to Florida State, and, and um, we obviously have question marks there. So I guess we'll see how valuable linebacker play really is. I think that for – and, yes, Omar Spades and Harold Perkins, and LSU fans, if you don't know Omar Spades yet, you'll get to familiar with him this weekend. He's an Oregon State transfer, all Pac-12 guy, RIP Pac-12, uh, but four-year player there, tons and tons and tons of experience. And then you've got Greg Penn, who has a lot of experience, and Matt House likes Greg Penn a lot. So you've yeah. got three linebackers that you trust, especially if you kind of want to move Harold Perkins around at any point. Uh, you've got two on the field that you feel good about. I liked we, I've already talked about the run game, and obviously you noted uh, in the piece just about how at least one of these guys has struggled very mightily against the run at linebacker. But also from talking to the FSU people, um, listen to your podcast this week. I did one as well. They said that their safety play leaves a lot to be desired right Mm -hmm. now. And if you couple that with the linebackers, who are those the guys that will be manned up with Mason Taylor? Are those the guys that at any point these safeties draw someone from the slot or have to match up with one of LSU's receivers? That could be a big difference. So I do think I like that. I like that pick a lot. I think it actually will be one of the keys. Uh, And as you noted, Mike Denbrock and this offensive studied FSU game film all offseason, they've got tons of analysts. They know exactly what FSU brings. How do you attack that? I think for me, not only in the run game, does that mean, and I want to see them establish it, I think this is a big Mason Taylor game. I, big I, game for a tight end. Yeah, I think that's a good um, take. I mean, because it is, it's the linebacker, it's a safety. And, you know, we talked to Florida State people and, um, they feel great about their team and they should feel great about their team. Florida state is going to be a really, really good team. Um, 
for LSU pe- media people and fans and stuff, it's it's a different feeling probably because you know LSU was fifth in the country last year. They were right there on the cusp of potentially a playoff berth if everything broke right. Then they lose to AM and so on. Uh, they were in the SEC championship game. This is expected this year for LSU to be in this position. Now we get to nitpick, you know, okay, uh, shortcomings in the secondary, you know, question marks on the defensive line maybe if without Mason Smith. It's like we get to nitpick a little bit more, and that's where I've had to kind of go back, pull myself back a bit and say, all right, Florida State's not perfect either. Even though they feel great about their team, linebacker, safety, even corner to a degree – I don't think is great. I'm not saying they're in LSU's position because they have Fentrell, Cypress, and Renardo Green, who are very, very solid corners. Like they know who they have at corner, um, but th- those guys aren't. To me, they aren't. You know, first, second round guys, or even probably top 100 guys in, in the NFL. I'll see about Fentrell, Cypress. Maybe I'm wrong, but still, it, it is a team that, outside of its defensive line, has some question marks. So and we well, I raved about the I've raved about the defensive line for Florida State at length. Like obviously we don't need to go rehash it, but everything else in the back end, there's 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 room for uh, LSU to to score some points, and that's why a lot of people are taking uh, the over in this game. Uh, well, we'll get to our final score predictions. We got two more things to go through first. Our MVPs, Maddie B. We we do this each week. We'll predict. Uh, an offense and defense MVP here. Um, I can go first if you want to. And then I can also bring in – I'll do a little cheating here. Not cheating. I'll do a little <laughs> bit of mixing things up here. Okay. But it comes with uh, some good odds. I'm catching very good odds here. Uh, high odds, I should say, um, that this would actually pay off. So I'm not stealing your pick. Okay. My offensive MVP slash – special teams MVP will be Aaron Anderson. I think that when you look at this game a year ago, and I know this is our offensive segment, but special teams wise cost them literally cost them the game. They didn't block down correctly and they missed an extra point to go to overtime with no time left. They also muffed multiple punts. They missed field goal earlier. They had some procedural stuff that was bad. It was an all around very poor effort. I think that, all that kind of the blocking, all of that will be cleaned up. You've got Damian Ramos back as your kicker. You've got, uh, almost said Groudon, Bramplett back as your punter. <laughs> it's just been a massive ongoing. I need to text Groudon and tell him that he's making the podcast every week despite not playing college football in like six years. Bramplett is back. Tuscaloosa native punting. All that's handled. They brought in Aaron Anderson from Bama. Bring him back home. Edna Carr, player back in the day, was electrifying more than 20 touchdowns on special teams. I'm calling for him to score a special teams touchdown in this one. He has the starting kick and punt returner, <laughs> and I'm predicting out of the gate we get an Aaron Anderson touchdown. And he also plays on offense, so I think he's going to get some work in the slot. Maybe we'll see him bust a couple of plays. Oh, but my. when the dust settles, I'm going to say that people will circle Aaron Anderson as being someone who made the difference in this game. Wow, so Aaron Anderson and, and Mason Taylor, because if we take your Mason Taylor take from earlier, so um, that's a – and that goes to what we said, right, linebackers and safeties for Florida State. You can attack them. And also that's not extending Jaden Daniels, you know, overextending Jaden Daniels if you can hit Anderson and, and Taylor. That would be really, really good uh, for this team. Yeah, so go ahead and pick Malik. <laughs> 
Uh, I was between Malik and Will Campbell because Will Ooh. Campbell versus Jared Verse. If Jared Verse is lined up against him for a majority of the game, was it's just that's NFL versus NFL. Like that's going to be awesome to watch. Um, so I was going to lean Will Campbell because if he wins his matchup, which I think he can, um, that makes life a lot easier. Even Patrick um, Patrick Payton um, on the other side of Jared Verse. Yeah, he's a really good player. He's a really talented player. All, all, AA, all ACC freshman type player. I think 31 tackles last year. So either way, tackles, but I'll go Will Campbell. I have been on record saying I think Malik Neighbors surpasses 85 yards, 90 yards receiving. I think he's just... Jane Daniels, we saw it throughout camp. When in doubt, find Malik. Malik Neighbors' current uh, receiving prop is at 65. That may or may not be the final lines prop uh, play of the day, but we'll have to see. I uh, I like that. I like it. I do think, too, that you have to remember how much more ready Will Campbell is now to go up against a Jared Verse or any of these guys than he was when he got tossed in there a year ago because uh, he did, even said in camp, look, I went straight from high school. This is not in his voice. It would be very country. But uh, straight from high school to trying to block guys like B.J. Ojolari, and I couldn't even get my hands on him. Like, that was just a different level. Well, now he's went up against everybody in the SEC, let alone having to go up against Verse and them a year ago. So round two for him, I love that pick. Uh, defense, I'll let you go first since I stole your Aaron Anderson pick that you surely would have chosen. I love Aaron Anderson. So, um, but no, I was not. Um, MVP. I will go – I'm not going to go Harold Perkins um, because I really don't know how exa- – I don't know what his stat line is going to be. I don't know how exactly he's going to. they're going to use him, and I've said that before. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, MVP, I'll go with an – not underrated, but I'm going Savion Jones. I love it. I've, I've come around on Savion Jones quite a bit over the past month. Um, I, I still you know, need to see it a little bit sustained, um, but I think in run situations, they're going to put in Paris Shand for the most part. I think Savion Jones will continue to round out his game, but at this moment, he is he has the tools, and I think he has the ability now this year to be an elite pass rusher, and I think that's what we see in this game. Um, against the Florida State offensive line that I said, like I said, is good. Their tackles are good. Uh, if they start Jeremiah Byers, a transfer from UTEP, has like a billion starts in his career, good players. Um, Savion Jones could be the difference in this game. I think he makes a, a player too. I think he ends up with a one, two sacks that can really help change this game. So I'll go Savion. Love it. Um, people are starting to pay attention to Savion after Brian Kelly said this week that, that yep. excuse me, that he expected Savion Jones to have a breakout year, a monster year. Brian Kelly's trying to steal our swag here. We've been yeah. saying this all off season. Savion Jones is the real deal. A former five-star on, on three. He was dominant at St. James. And he was playing behind B.J. Ojolari and, uh, well, Ollie Gay last year, but he's kind of moved around a little bit and settled in at the end. But now is his time. He's always been first team all offseason. I uh, I love that pick. Actually, I was going to take it. So I'm going to go elsewhere. I will not be cheap here and just take Harold Perkins, though I do expect Harold Perkins to have a huge game. I'm rolling with one of your newest captains for the Fighting Tigers. I'm going Greg Brooks. I think that Greg to play safety to play nickel we'll put him in some very key spots in this game and we saw a year ago there were very timely interceptions which he only had a few forced fumbles which he only had a few 
but he was always around the ball and he seemed to be able to make those plays when you needed him. Now he's what in his fifth year of football, he's played a billion games between Arkansas and LSU a year ago. This one means a lot to him last year, that Florida state game in his hometown of new Orleans, they lost. Um, he's talked about that a lot of wanting to get out on the right foot here. And I just think he's a really, really good player. And there he's going to be on the field a lot, considered he basically is your starter at two positions, depending on how they're moving things around. Greg Brooks breakout game coming at you. I love it. Aaron Anderson and Greg Brooks. I'm rolling New Orleans. I love you. And that's New why or- I'm, rolling with, I'm rolling with your boys in this one. <laughs> New Orleans, I love you. New Orleans players under 5'11". Definitely under six foot. I don't know what Greg Brooks listed. How is that? 5'10", 5'11"? Yep. From Harvey all the way to the city. I'm repping with the – I'm rocking with the NOLA guys this uh, this week. And Harold Perkinson is the NOLA guy. So, if I picked him, I would have been pure 504 anyways. I uh, That's my pick, though. I'm, I'm rolling Greg. When in doubt, when in doubt, pick New Orleans players. All right. We are at the – Near end of the podcast, Matty B. It all comes down to this. Your final score prediction. I will tell folks, um, LSU currently, they opened at one and a half point favorite. They are now two and a half point favorites. And the total opened at 58 and a half. It's down to 55 and a half. You have been screaming all week to take the over. So I'm going to presume that you are. Well, I, I a lot of people have been screaming to take the over. Um, and I think it makes sense. But now, obviously, as we watch more college football um, and nobody wants to be holding an over ticket, I think at right now, early in the season with the uncertainty of how the clock's working. Um, I was watching the NC State and UConn game yesterday and, you know, NC State just weathered the damn clock away in the fourth quarter uh, with like one drive. And I was like, wow, they just all right. The game's over. <laughs> the new clock rules are different too. Like people haven't talked enough about them, but if you've watched some of these games, like if you fall behind, it's tough to catch up. Oh yeah. Cause yeah, there's no, you don't get that like 20 second buffer every first down. You don't, it's just, yeah. Clock wears on you real quick. So um, anyways, yeah, as far as the game goes, like, like I said, um, it's been a really, really fascinating game to try to break down and, I am not in that LSU war room where they are, you know, obviously getting into the weeds. Um, you know, we, we don't know how Mike Norvell is looking at this game exactly. All I can do is look at it, look at it from an outsider's perspective and try to figure out how this game goes and then take what the coaches say and go from there. In theory, I think this will be a higher scoring game. I think, I think this could get in the 60s. Um, ultimately, we haven't even talked about it on here because I've talked about it so damn much. Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson at receiver to me is just a ton to ask for this LSU secondary to cover. And I believe in Harold Perkins. I believe in Savion Jones to get to Jordan Travis. Um, but I also think Jordan Travis is a really good quarterback. Um, we haven't talked about that a ton, but that's the difference in this game to me. And I think there's the difference is Florida State can get one or two big plays that change the game in a way I don't know if LSU can. And that's that might be my the difference in this one is one bust or one Johnny Wilson 35-yard snag over fill in the blank here. Like that's the difference to me and I think it's going to be tight coming all the way down. 
I love LSU's offensive line. I think Jane Daniels is really good. They're going to have to be better against the run. That's a point I also want to make on this podcast. Last year, it, it slipped my mind over the offseason how up and down LSU was against the run last year against good teams. They're going to have to be really – they're going to have to be much improved in that regard because Florida State with Trey Benson can run the damn ball. So there's just a couple of question marks for LSU here that on the defense side of the ball that I really, really struggle with going against a team with this much talent on offense um, to pick them. I'm going 34-31 Florida State. Um, and I've been on that side for probably the past couple weeks. I had that in my uh, preseason predictions that you mentioned early in the season. I had eleven and one with the loss to Florida State. I feel worse about Florida State than I do with get than uh, than I do with a matchup with Alabama at this point in the year. Maddie B's letting you down early. He thinks LSU may lose this weekend, but then he thinks LSU wins every other game. Eleven straight. There you go. I had to counterbalance it. <laughs> there, very well done. Um, I'm gonna go lower scoring than that. In fact, I'm taking the under. I think it's 27-24. This game a year ago was 24-23, but it was sloppy. I think that the offenses will be a little bit more efficient. Certainly LSU this year, but at the same time, I think that the defenses. Um, will be more solid. I, th- I think both these teams have much better rosters than they did a year ago and certainly more experience. So there'll be some give and take and balance while the offenses will be better. The defenses will probably also be uh, a little bit better as well, a little bit more equipped. The corners make me nervous, and this will be my first time to see them against other competition. That could be a break deal breaker for me when it comes to winning or losing this game is if FSU's wide receivers, as you noted, who are very talented, are able to just sort of do what they want because right now LSU's cornerback room is pretty uncertain. They're starting, we presume, Sage Ryan, who is a safety and has played primarily nickel, is going to be a starting corner. Then Zy Alexander jumped from southeastern Louisiana to playing at LSU and facing off at FSU game one. And uh, we'll probably see some Deuce Chestnut, some Ashton Stamps, who's a true freshman. It it will be interesting to see how that one plays out. But I do think LSU is a very talented team. I think they're talented enough to beat Florida State. They're favored for a reason. They're ranked higher for a reason. I'm going LSU 27-24. LSU covers the two and a half, but neither the, the over does not hit. I think that between the new clock rules, these two teams may be running the ball a good bit, feeling mm-hmm. each other out. The game stays tight into the fourth quarter once again. Yeah, and if they – I'll say this, if it goes under, I do like LSU there because if if it is more of a run-centric game, if LSU can obviously establish a run like we talked about, I think that changes things. If It's just the explosives that scare me, um, the, the question marks in the back end. So we'll see. There you go. There you have it. I feel like we covered everything. I think that was really good. Um, and if you've been subscribed to the Bengal Tiger on three, you will have read all of this and more um, right. over the past week. So, um, yeah, thank you all for subscribing if you haven't already uh 50 off the first or your you know a year subscription one dollar for a month um i don't know if we have any of these hats left from oh yeah we got plenty we got more all right sign up get a get a free founders club hat free founders at this point it's a throwback happy uh happy one year anniversary once again to uh to us and everyone that's been rocking with us at on three and the bengal tiger we appreciate it um same billy obviously does as well and let's uh let's step it up. Look, we're like uh, the LSU football team. 
year one's in the books. We did pretty well. Year yeah. two, the expectations have been raised. So yes. uh, buckle in, Matty B. We've got to step it up, raise the standard. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, Sunday night, 6.30 p.m. Central Time, Orlando, Florida, LSU versus Florida State, the biggest game of the opening week, one of the biggest games of the season, of the non-conference season. I mean, bar none, this is going to be an awesome game. So um, tune in, be on our board, our message board throughout the game. You know, thousands of posts throughout our updates, our thoughts, all that stuff in live real time. So check that out as well. Um, we'll have our predictions up um, today or tomorrow. So check those out as well. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, leave us a like, comment, and share. Thank you all for joining us. And we will talk to you all later. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.